Love Talk Radio. Good evening. Gosh, it's like dark outside. It's like so odd because it's gotten dark so early these days. Um, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk TV Live um, with Barbara Barnett. That's me. I'm the publisher and executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine. And I am joined this evening, as I am most shows, with um, Christine Piccolo. Hi, Christy. Hi. How are you uh, doing? Good. <laughs> also known as Sleepy Hollow Addict and um, and Our Heart Radio. And um, Christy covers a lot of TV for blog critics and for her own ventures. And we are also joined tonight, as usual, by Jerome Wetzel TV. That's his Twitter handle. Jerome Wetzel TV, also known as James Daly, or as I call him, Jimmy. <laughs> yep. Um, I always, when I think of Jimmy, though, I think of Superman and like all that. But you're not oh, like that. Oh, I'll take that as a. I, I always like Jimmy Olsen. So. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Olsen's okay. Yeah. So um, before we get started and talking about Once Upon a Time, and I, I have actually an agenda of items I want to discuss about the show Ooh. and the characters. <laughs> Um, and no, no, not what you think. And, you know, I know some of you guys read my column and I've been, I'm actually bowled over with all of the wonderful uh, notes that I've gotten from people saying that they're, um, there's, uh, you know, sad that I'm not going to be writing about the show anymore, but that's, that's not exactly what I said. So I want to clarify that. Oh, hold on. I have to, I have to reply to this Twitter it is on now. The question from Rumble, Rumble is eternal, asking when the show starts, and I am saying now. Um, so a lot of people who, who read my column, I've actually learned also that many people, and I had, my gosh, I had so many um, under my column. I must have had a column comment thread that ran well over 70 comments. Which is wild. That that gets like wow, almost back in, back cool. into house territory. I mean, that's nothing really like dope. in the days of house. But but you know, yeah, that that was pretty substantial. Um, and um, so really interesting, more more or less civil debate. But people, so I want to clarify. I didn't say that I was never going to watch the show again. When I said I was sort of done with the show, and I've kind of, you know, I'm done with it. Um, I'm not happy with the direction of the show this season. I've made no effort to conceal that. But I didn't say I was going to stop watching the show. There's still a lot about the, about Once Upon a Time that I like. But the way that I write my columns is I try to dive between the lines, you know, try to dig deeply. What are the characters doing? Going, you know, really trying to understand the characters or the themes or the concepts or the philosophy that's going on behind the writing and the characters' actions. And I am so confused by a lot of the way the characters are acting this season and the absence of characters like the Evil Queen so far that it, there's there's less for me to really grab onto to write a deep article. So what I've been doing is criticizing the show um, and, you know, which it deserves some criticism. There's no question. But I don't like to do that. I really, as I said in my column, that's not really what I write, why I write. 
a lot of TV critics write to bash the shows they don't like and to hype the shows they do like. Um, and, um, uh, you know what, can one of you guys do me a favor and tweet yeah. out, because I can't tweet and talk at the same time. Yeah, um, sure. So it's it's um, Irish Chick, oh, I shouldn't say her Twitter. I'm going to tweet this to you guys. Um, so hang on, I'm do this to you, Chrissy. Oh, Jer- Jimmy, she's also tweeted you. Um, okay. Can I you respond to her, because she can't get the the show to play and uh, see if she's got the right, um, uh, the right, you know, the right thing going. And I'm hoping everybody is here uh, who wants to be um, here because I don't want anyone to miss out. Um, so anyway, um, so I, so I haven't had, I don't have that to write about anymore. And, and rather than just continually criticize the show, I'm not going to write about it regularly. It doesn't mean to say I'm not going to write about Once Upon a Time. Um, I can't actually do a show about Once Upon a Time without watching it. Although I, I guess that some people do do shows about, you know, radio shows or write about things that they actually haven't seen. That I know that that happens. Um, it's just not me. So um, I will continue watching the show um, for now, and um, with the hope that the things that I really loved about this week's episode, and I did say that in my column, I did say there were things that I liked, um, Mm -hmm. continue to develop, and I'm curious about them too, um, are also added to, adding to that um, an explanation or an understanding that I can gain of the characters that I think are like, what the heck is going on? So anyway, so that's kind of my explanation of where I was coming from when I wrote that article. So um, I haven't gone completely, um, but I probably won't be writing weekly columns. If there's a great episode and I'm like, wow, that's amazing, I will write about it. If I do an interview, um, I will um, totally, uh, obviously, I would love to do interviews I would love to sit down and speak with, um, you know, uh, Eddie Kitsitz and Adam Horowitz and kind of like pick their brain a little bit and kind of see what's going on, where they think the show is going and stuff like that. Um, And I'm hoping to have that arranged. And I am working hopefully with ABC to that end. So we'll find out. We'll see. Um, They aren't too happy with me right now, but um, (laughs) we won't we won't go any farther than that. Understand that. I mean, it's like, well, I've been critical about their baby, and uh, you know, I'm the same way. My gosh, when I've read critical reviews, and there only have been like one or two of those of my book, my house book. Um, and I have, I mean, I have like a five star rating on my on Amazon, um, but I've had, you know, it's like it breaks my heart to see somebody not like or not get what I was trying to do in that book. So, um, yeah. So, anyway, not set on that. So, I do want to talk about, before we get to Once Upon a Time, a couple of things. So, I've watched two shows that I hadn't seen before. Last weekend, I binge-watched Madam Secretary. Oh, yes. I really didn't like the pilot. I didn't think it was a constructor at all. 
But I didn't go past episode one, so. Okay, so I've seen all the episodes, all five episodes, and I actually like it a lot. I'm, I'm like, such a sucker for political drama. (laughs) I am. Me too. I was... I'm I was the so biggest sucker. Then I watched it and I was like, oh. So it is, unfortunately, it is a procedural in its own. You know, it's got the episode, mm-hmm. you know, it's got, the, it's got the crisis of the week, which I'm not as crazy about. Um, so you've got the crisis of the week, but I'm I'm liking more than the political stuff. The political stuff is pretty interesting. And I mean, who couldn't like Keith Carradine as the, as the president of the United States? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Oh, yeah. He's totally. great. Well, Talk I like him. Tim Daly. He's adorable. Love yeah. Him. Love him. And mm. Taya Leone is very, um, her delivery is really flat. Um, mm-hmm. See, I know. think that's why I had trouble getting into it. I really didn't like her character. And I just thought it was, especially in the pilot, again, that's all I watched it. I just thought it really didn't set itself up well. There were these leaps in logic that didn't make sense to me. It just wasn't compelling. I had no desire to watch any further. Yeah, it's it's actually gotten much better since the pilot. Okay. Um, so I am enjoying it. Um, so the other show, so I, I'm DVRing it because it, it's on opposite Once Upon a Time. So, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, so I, now I, that I'm not depending on football. What? <laughs> Depending on football, CBS has football runovers all the time. So I definitely oh set God. your DVR for two hours instead of one. Just yeah. Going. Well, you know what? I mean, the nice thing is you can get it on demand like the next day, but you have yeah. to watch. Yeah. The, but then you have to then you have to watch the commercials. Yeah, I, I just said, I record Good Wife, which is on right after it. And I just set it for two hours, and that usually oh. Okay. So that that works. Um, mm-hmm. So I watched that. I like- I liked it, Madam Secretary, but the thing is, is I just feel like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I like it, but I'm not, like, enamored with it. I just feel like, I don't know, I, it's something with the, the, there's a few people that are on the, that are in the cast that just aren't kind of ringing with me. I don't know why. And then there's mm. just obviously, you know, she's running, she's Madam Secretary now, and Everybody's against her, and she wants to do it one way. I mean, it's just very predictable is what I thought, and I do mm-hmm. think I mean, yeah. it's, it's, well, it's good, but it's just very predictable. And, okay, they're going to tell her she can't do it, so she's going to go around back and do it again. I mean, it's the same right. formula. It's, it's, very, just, it's very, very formulaic. Um, yeah. So we'll see where it goes. Um, its demo rating is low. But its numbers yeah. are high. It had like 12 million viewers. Um, well, and and but not have to do the ratings adjustments and stuff too because the football. When, actually, when the football runs over, it actually boosts their ratings because people hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they usually adjust the ratings down after that. Yeah. So we'll see what happens to it. Um, it's it's got definitely some possibilities. It, it held my attention long enough to watch all five episodes this weekend. So, which shows often don't have that. In fact, the other show I had promised myself to watch was Scorpion. Oh, so what did you think about that? <laughs> I haven't seen okay. it yet. So, what did, what did you guys think? Did you, have you seen it, Jimmy? You have, I'm sure. I watched an episode and a half. Uh, the first episode. 
I get the adrenaline pumping. It's hella exciting, but it makes absolutely no sense. Totally um, right. It makes no sense. Not at all. I mean, it, yeah, the plot holes. I think the biggest one for me in the pilot episode was they had that. They only had minutes to break into that warehouse, and the power they had to go knock the power out. And I know. So the one girl goes all the way down the street to turn it off, while the other guy stands by the door. So the well, next thing it, we see is both right. of them walking in together. So he waited right. for her to run back before they went inside, even well, though they right. had like two and minutes left. It was one Dusex machina after the next. It was like, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. oh, we need this to happen, so this is going to happen. And this, and really, I mean, you know, of course, there's going to be the wise but not as smart humanizing force with the autistic but, but, child who's right. a genius. And the cast is charming and likable. Yeah. Um, obviously, the action scenes are are well done. It's just the story is so full of plot holes, and I'm trying it's, to be a little more discerning this yeah, year. Yeah, it's, so I, it's really, know. yeah. No, I, and I was really, so the only show that I can think about that's even close to that is um, AMC's Rubicon, which was on only for one season um, a mm-hmm. couple of years ago. I'm still mourning its passing, literally. <laughs> I'm still mourning its passing. Um, I loved, I just rewatched it like all the episodes I binge watched it late at night and just to see if I still liked it as much as I did then. And it was just so well done and so weird and so cool. Also about hyper smart genius, you know, socially mm-hmm. awkward, um, you know, analysts, uh, you know, CIA type analysts. And um, it was just, so well done compared to this that I'm, I was quite disappointed um, that I didn't like it because I'm looking for a really smart show like, you know, about really smart, awkward people because sometimes I think I, you know, I fit in that category. It's <laughs> sort of these weird, you know, weird, smart people who don't really fit anywhere. So actually, I'm going to be in my element. Um, uh, I'm going to be in my element next Friday, a week from Friday, Halloween, um, mm-hmm. I am going to be speaking at a Mensa convention. Oh, that's exciting. So, cool. Yeah. So I'm doing two sessions. I can't believe they offered me two sessions. They said, well, we'd love you to speak. And I was like, okay, that's cool. So I'm going to do, and they said, and if you wanted to do a second session, that would be awesome. So I'm doing, my first session is um, the history of science fiction. And uh, I'm talking about early history, pre pre Mary Shelley, um, and before science fiction was science fiction, in other words. Um, and my second one is called. Um, oh, they they gave it kind of a cool title, but it's basically called a passion for disaster movies, and it's a session yes. on disaster movies. And um, so I was thinking with the Ebola stuff going on, you know, like people are like crazy panicked, right? It's like Ebola's been going right. on for years. Where was the panic? So, yeah. yeah, I mean, oh, my God. So I decided maybe I was going to focus. At first I was going to um, actually create with the audience, and I'm going to still do that, is a disaster Mad Lib. We're going to create a formulaic disaster movie. Oh, my um, God. That'd be hilarious. At at Mensa, at the, at the Mensa convention. Oh, so, my God. Um, 
So I'm not going to tell them what I'm doing. I'm just going to go in and say, oh, give me a noun, give me a verb, give me a... Because, and then they're obviously, these guys are mental, right? They're going to figure out in a half second what I'm doing. So um, so we're going to create this, but and, and I'm going to talk about it. Um, but I, uh, but, but so then I'm going to go into taking a look at disaster movies that uh, of the different subgenres like volcanoes and earthquakes and and viruses, which there have been some, and some of them have been quite good. So um, and some of them have been really quite terrible. So um, anyway, so that's what I'm going to be doing um, next Friday, which is going to be lots of fun. And then I get to schmooze for a couple of hours and tell books and sign books and stuff like that. So that's in Chicago. If you're in Chicago and you happen to be a member of Mensa, and I think even if you're not a member of Mensa, I think you can still go um, to the convention. Um, I'm not a member of Mensa. Um, I keep they keep telling me, well, just you know, take the test and join. I'm like, well, I'm not sure what if I don't pass. See, that's well, the thing. There's also different tests you can take. I looked into it. My wife yeah. won't let me because it costs money. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but I'm I was like, they used to take ACT scores, and I'm like. Mine were high enough, but they don't take them anymore. And I'm like, yeah, I took I took the LSAT because I was mm-hmm. planning on going to law school, and I scored in the 96th percentile. So nice. I could get in on the That's basis great. of my LSAT scores. So, um, cool. yeah, so I could do that. I won't tell you what my GREs were because they were really bad. Um, because <laughs> I majored I majored in biology and I took the biology GRE and I failed it. So that tells oh, you about the biology goodness. program at my university, or it tells you that I actually never went to class um, in biology. I went to all the chemistry classes, <laughs> went to all the English and history and stuff like that, but in chemistry, but not to any biology classes. I'm sorry, guys. Anyway, so I, I digress, um, which is why I love science fiction, because I really sucked at biology. Um, except microbiology and virology which actually comes in really handy when you want to talk about virus disaster movies um, or virus TV series like The Strain or Helix. Helix. Boy, the CDC, boy, you know, it's been in the news a lot, right? The CDC mm-hmm. was like crazy into the TV season this year, right? Between Helix and The Strain oh, and yeah. I don't know what other series, right? So the CDC is like famous. The movie Contagion, um, so uh, which was last year and or earlier this year. So anyway, so yeah, so that's what I'm going to be doing. All right, any other TV series we should be talking about tonight? Uh, well, just Sleepy Hollow was off the hook last night. I'm, I'm like, I'm. It was so good. I, I'm just. Uh, anyway, it was just what they did was is it was a it was called titled Weeping Lady and basically they took the old tale from what seven what was that from seventeen seventy eight or something like that when it was originally written and they tied it into Ichabod's love life. They made the Weeping Lady actually this woman that he was supposedly betrothed to in England and who came back and oh my God, but the the special effects, they finally used uh, Katrina Magic, which I kept saying she's supposedly this big, powerful witch. Why isn't she using her magic? So we saw that. Um, there were some great moments. It was just it was just really, really well done. And the special effects, I thought, were really great. The makeup, of course, was uh, amazing. I mean, 
And but, the story was very complex. Like, each character yeah. had a completely different part of it, but it all tied in really mm-hmm. well, um, which I liked. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm all in the Halloween spirit. Uh, oh, oh yeah. you, you saw my column on Man Crates this week? I loved that. Like, how to survive a horror movie. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I've got a column on Blog Critics on what I would I would want to do to make it through a horror movie right now, but... Yeah. yeah, anything like Halloween Spirit and Sleepy Hollow has been exciting. Walking Dead has been exciting. American yeah. Horror Story Freak Show has been exciting. It's a really good time yeah. for horror stuff. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my God, American Horror Story. That freaking clown, I'm telling you. The clown's not half as creepy is... as the rich kid. The, like, oh, clean-cut the rich kid is way creepier. I'm like, I'm like, are they, like, twins? In re- I mean, I, I just can't even <laughs> believe it. I, the two of them are just creepy. And I actually feel sorry um, for the quote freaks that are in the the freak show, whatever, I kind of feel sorry for them. And uh, anyway, they all up as sympathetic good guys, like right off the bat. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, and then what about that? Oh, anyway, the strong man is like a freaking nut job. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's been it, it's been really really good. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to watch it when it's dark out, so I don't know. <laughs> The clown is just creepy. The, the, first, the coolest the thing, so the coolest thing, oh, that I, you know, I was just down there for in New Orleans for the the Coven oh, Blu-ray yeah. party, and uh, right. they were they were they're still filming Freak Show there. And uh, the coolest thing was I was on the airplane leaving New Orleans to go home, and I looked down uh-huh. and I see the Freak Show set up along the banks of the river, all the tents. Oh, and I couldn't so get cool. my camera out quick enough. But oh, I, wow. I was like, oh, that is so cool to see. It just makes it so much more real. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that is awesome. Oh, my Very God. Very cool. Um, okay, so a couple of quick notes. Um, uh-huh. So uh, Elementary uh, premieres a week from Thursday. So I guess we'll have another show before it airs. But I'm looking forward to that. I really like the way that it ended last season, and, and I'm excited about it. Um, so I've got a awesome. week to watch the other half of last season. I haven't watched. Yeah, it. definitely you should do it. <laughs> I would say just do it. Um, and the newsroom comes back the week after that, so or a few days after that. So I'm really excited about that as well. And I just saw the first advertisement today on TV for Alpha House, which is an Amazon.com mm-hmm. um, exclusive, and I am really, really excited. Uh, about that. Also, CBS announced today something really cool. Um, I didn't finish reading the entire article, but um, they're going to be launching a sub network. Mm-hmm. You know how there's like, you know, uh, um, NBC One or NBC Two or NBC yeah. whatever. So well, a sub network that is going to be classic series and made for TV movies, but with a twist. It will change daily, and it will be in the context of some bit of history from that time. Oh, that's that cool. Day. Yeah. So um, that actually sounds really cool. Um, certainly worth um, worth tuning in. That, I'm very excited about that. Um, of course, CBS has a long, long history for its news coverage, and as well as some of the classic series are just, you know, wonderful. Um, 
speaking of classic series, and then I will we'll go to Once Upon a Time immediately after that, is I started, I was like, I don't know why I was so, I was really, I wasn't bored. I was really tired over the weekend. So I spent a lot of time in front of the TV. And um, I was watching old Dick Van Dyke shows. I started with the first episode oh. of the first Oh, season. my God. Great show. Dick Van Dyke. Oh. Talk about a CBS show. Dick Van Dyke. Um, Dick Van Dyke was not played by Dick Van Dyke on the first episode. Oh, really? Did you know that? No. Oh, I did not know that. So Rob Petrie, Rob Petrie was not played by Dick Van Dyke. It was it was Carl oh. Reiner. And oh, um Yeah. So the first season actually starts with episode two. And And if you go to Netflix that ep- and I haven't watched it yet. I've only, I only watched like the first three or three episodes, um, but it's got all the seasons, which is really great. Um, the season, the episode of Carl Reiner is there. I just haven't watched it. And I mean, I, I didn't, I don't, you know, and I watched a lot of that stuff like in rerun because I was too young to have watched it. I don't think I started watching it until I, like close to when it was done, but um had seen all the episodes in rerun at one time or another, but um, so that's kind of fun because there. I mean that talk, and it still makes you laugh. I swear, it's still funny. Wow. You know, and a lot of a lot of comedies that are on now get dated really quickly, and even though mm-hmm. it's dated and it's a relic, it is still freaking funny. Well, right. it's like Seinfeld. Every single episode I could watch it. I've seen each episode probably a zillion times. But I laugh every single time. It never gets old. It never does. Okay, so never let's does. talk about okay. let's talk about Once Upon a Time because we have thirty four okay. minutes left. Um, so just a weighing of opinion, Chrissy. You and I have talked um, earlier this week about it, mm-hmm. and you and I are kind of sort of on of the same opinion. So I'm going to let Jimmy have the floor because I have no idea what he thinks. <laughs> yeah, what do you think, Jimmy? <laughs> Inquiring um, minds want to know. <laughs> sure. No problem. Uh, I mean, I think it was a pretty good episode. It was the first one where I saw there might be a reason why Rumpel's acting the way he's acting, even though uh, that doesn't justify it at all. Um, it's oh, tell me, tell me. I want to be enlightened. I was, they were talking about Regina. They were talking about the storybook again and yeah. how the villains aren't allowed to have a happy ending. Right. And then I start thinking, what if their explanation is Rumpel got a happy ending, but because in the storybook he's a villain, it reverted him somehow, and it's connected. And even if that ends up being the case and it all is tied together, that's still not going to satisfy me with how they ruined his character. But at yeah. least it's a logical thing that would make sense if they if they address it, which they may not. I could just yeah, I can see them not addressing it. Um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But if they did address it, at least you know it would it would somewhat make sense. So a lot of the reason why I really you know, and, and you know my, I mean, again, I make no bones about the fact that my favorite character is Rumpelstiltskin. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a big surprise. And I, I never, I always used to say when I was writing about House and watching House, and as popular as my column was, and, and you know, 150, 175,000 people read my articles every week during House. Sometimes three, four hundred thousand people um, would read an article, and I always said that once House for me 
become so unlikable that I stopped caring about him. That was when it was time for me to stop writing about the show. Not that I wouldn't stop watching it. Rumple became that unlikable for me in this last episode. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, There's yeah, the no justification stuff, for what we were, The evil Rumple was good because it was the Rumple we were familiar with and it was a story that worked. But yeah, the present day Rumple and dragging Hook into it, that disappointed me. Yeah. Like, what? Why? There's been no hint that, and now he's lying and betraying Emma too. I, right. That, and then not only that, and now he's going to bring Henry into it. I mean, we all know. I think, I think now, Henry's going to start really getting curious. And then see, okay. It's so, yeah. extremely weird to me to have Henry there because, first of all, we've established yeah. that Rumple family's really important to Rumple. He really cared about Belfire. Yeah. I would have expected him to go to Henry much sooner than this. And then as smart as he is, for him not to be suspicious that Henry all of a sudden just comes along and wants to spend time with him. Right. And, you know, in that deleted scene, ah, but in that deleted scene from a couple episodes ago, Mm -hmm. Henry and Rumpel have that lovely conversation. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, there was, oh, Oh. huge. Oh, my gosh. So, Jimmy, there was, a. I think it was episode two. Yeah. There was a deleted scene between Henry and Rumpel. They come in, uh, Belle and Rumpel come in from their honeymoon, and Henry's waiting for Rumpel in the shop. And they have a conversation, and and Henry is really upset with his mother, with with Regina, and, and, you know, why won't she talk to me, and and why is she, and so she doesn't know what to do, and she says, well, he says what he thinks he's going to do is kind of take a, a darker, a darker road, and um, he asks Rumpel, and Rumpel dissuades him. You know, and and says, well, he and he says to him, you know, you know that uh, I know that you've really turned a, a corner. How can you turn from that darkness? And and he actually tells him it's really a process. You know, recognizing right. that he's not there that yet. That sounds like a great scene. It was a three and a half minute scene. It was a long three and a half minute scene and it was cut. That scene would have humanized Rumple enough to have yeah. gotten me over last night's episode or Sunday's episode see, a little bit. And that's why I'm like concerned about it in the sense of uh, I think that maybe they don't want him to be humanized anymore. I mean, yeah, like I, I, I think that's right. Earlier, but we talked earlier before, Barbara, but I said, you know, what I said was is just that I, get, I could understand him acting this way in season one. But after the yeah. entire journey that he had and his whole entire existence from the moment he lost Bay and then all, it's always been a redemption story. And the fact that they're looking at the character now as a villain, you know, the only other thing that I could possibly think of as to why he's trying to harness this power, the sorcerer, would be maybe he's trying to find a way to bring Bay back. I don't know. That's the only explanation. Just in the sense of he's always, every single action that he has ever taken, even becoming the dark one, from the way back, has always been about family. And right. the way they wrote it this last episode, it was like, what is he doing? I mean, he's going to destroy his entire relationship with everybody. I mean, after he's and dishonor, so and, and, 
and dishonor uh, Balefire's memory. Yeah, really dishonor. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't, and, you know, it, yeah, and I mean that, that's just my that's just my feeling is just like okay, if it has something to do that where he's trying to gather all this power to bring Balefire back, or well, for some some you know noble reason, then I could understand. You know, I, but the way that they did it, it's just yeah. I mean, I was heartbroken really to see that and, and to see him bark. Bargaining with Hook and and trying to you know one up him and just I mean yes he's all about deals that's his thing but he's just, but he this is just kind of more on a vicious level than yeah. you know so we like I said before we always try to we the thing about Rumple that's great is just you know yes he's addicted to magic that's his thing I mean really and if they had him if they had written him more like he's struggling because he's been struggling throughout. The, from day one of the series, he's been he has been struggling with you know being the dark one and doing magic, but wanting to be a better person for Belle. And there's always been that inner struggle and that complexity of the character. And now they just completely cut it off, and it's just that you know he's just self-serving now, and that's it. And you know that's sort of what is just upsetting because that you know we fell in love with the character because of the complexity because of the layers, because he, he he's always had a reason behind his actions, and it was all rooted in family, and now it's not. And that's sort of where I'm at with that. They, yeah, they should have just killed him off. I'm sorry. They should have. They should have what? They should have just left him dead when they killed him, when he died. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean. It was such a perfect ending, and as much as I would have missed him, it would have been far preferable to what they're doing now. Yeah. I Hi guys, I'm really. You know what? I I like I, my connection blanked out. So oh, hopefully oh, you've been I'm having sorry. fun without me. <laughs> oh, I've been just rambling on like. <laughs> she was just talking about Rumple and how great he is this season and how much better he's improved over. <laughs> and I was just going to disagree with her, but you know. So this is okay. So there's a new comment. There is a new comment on um, uh, my article, and I'm not going to say from whom because I don't want to, you know, give names on the air. Um, but it's interesting because it is completely um, uh, opposite to everything I've said. So, but I want to give that some voice too. Um, she or he, because I don't know if it's a she or he. Gold is back, and I am praising God. I was so worried that they had given in to the Rumbell shippers and tamed him for her, and that's what he was going to be, a useless cripple once more with his wife to coo over him. This episode, though the Sorcerer's Apprentice stuff upset me because of the obvious advertisement for Disney here, um, the episode is fantastic because Gold is back, and he hasn't changed because the shippers want him to. As for your statement, my statement, bereft of humanity, I highly disagree, dearie. This is a man who lost his purpose. He said it eight times between seasons one and three, Balefire is my happy ending, not Bell. But alas, this season, what we're seeing, a broken, purposeless man with nothing to do. His sanity is the edge of a knife, and he's forced to keep living because Balefire died, so he would live much to his frustration. Right now, he's just paranoid. He's bored, eager for action, but scared of being controlled again. So that's a really interesting take. Yeah, and that so is. We, 
you have to make a leap to buy that. And I, it's not, it's not a bad interpretation. And I could, I, I couldn't disagree that a season ago or two seasons ago, had that happened, I might have actually been the one saying that instead of a commenter. Um, I just feel that they've, we've got no inkling of that broken, purposeless man. Right. Right. Yep. No, we don't maybe. get that. We don't. We haven't got it. It's all. You know, I'm I'm all for fan wanking. Uh, believe me, I have done my share of it. House X Files, Once oh, Upon yeah. a Time, Stargate Universe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all do it. We all fan wank, and um, I love that term. Um, we all fit the we all fit the narrative. We all fit the show to to go along with our own narrative um, of it as viewers, our own interpretation. But I think, and I would love to believe what she says is true. I, I would love to believe that. Um, and I'm not a cynical person. And I'm usually not a skeptical person. I'm skeptical. I'm just not cynical. We have got nothing this season to suggest that scenario. So um, as much as I really admire what she's saying and would love nothing more than to say, yeah, you're right, I'm wrong. Um, And it gives me something to think about, um, which I don't think she was thinking. I think she was thinking she was going to pick a fight with me. And um, see, surprise. (laughs) Ta-da. But, you know, I mean, even, like, with Rumpel, you know, we had the whole scene, which was so uh, just jammed in there because because of what everybody was saying. I mean, basically, you had the, the, he's at the grave site, at Bellfire Field's grave site, and he's just like, I'm going to be a better person, blah, right. you know. And he does all of that, and now his actions are completely opposite what he was trying to say. Exactly. Yeah, so what he, he promised to be a good, better person, and right. and then what does he do? He he he, he, he takes he lies to Belle, which made no sense. Why? So she didn't want the dagger to begin with. Why did right. you give it? To, I mean, why didn't you just say fine? You don't want it. Why was there this big, huge thing? Okay, so to, so Chrissy, so Chrissy, you you hit on something. So all mm-hmm. of the fan wanking, all of the kind of okay, what if, what if, what if. You know, he's lonesome and he's broken and da-da-da-da-da. You, that you have to reach into your imagination and imagine, which is fine. I have a good mm-hmm. imagination. We all do. Mm-hmm. But that scene at the graveside mm-hmm. is the only scene that we have to go by for what's knowing, for knowing what's in Rumpel's heart. Right. And as, as much criticism as I had of that scene for reasons that had nothing to do with the scene itself. Um, that's what we have to go by. And he's promising Balefire he is going to honor his name, you know, and, and honor right. his sacrifice and be a better man. Balefire would be furious to know how back into man. And, and it's not like it was a fall that was a slow descent into hell, as it were. 
Right, right. It was like it was, and then it wasn't, and then it was. And so there was no nuance in there was no nuance in it. So, right. you know, so what have we got? To, anyway, so there was much I loved about the episode. Um, and you know, we interrupted you, Jimmy. I'm sorry, you were talking about the show. Well, that's okay. No, um, I, yeah, I. I mean, there were really good parts of the episode, and then there yeah. were, like, like you said, there were the things about Rumpel that just really, really annoy me and yeah. frustrate me, and char- just character inconsistencies. Uh, where, are, are there different writers, like, leading yeah. things this fall? Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, Adam and Eddie wrote the premiere. Jane wrote episode two. Um what's going on? I mean... That's good my mind on the same people who made such high-quality stuff before. I mean, this time last fall, remember how we were raving about how awesome the Neverland story was? Yeah, now we're, that was Now great. we're sitting here just frustrated. I mean, Oz was frustrating, but now it's even, I don't know. I like it, was frustrating Oz, it, it was frustrating but, in a different way. Right. It was, yeah. it was frustrating. It was frustrating because it wasn't the Oz story we would have wanted. It was their eyes. Right, story. but at least the characters were still fairly consistent. Now they're and not. they were true to themselves. Right. Well, now, thing, what I liked in this episode is there was so much little tongue-in-cheek humor, especially at the beginning I of the did. episode. Yeah. Like when you know uh, Snow and Charming fawned over Emma's date and the Polaroid and stuff, and I was like, "This is the kind of stuff that they need more of. This is fun. This is interesting. I don't know. It's quirky. I mean, the date." It was sort of corny as hell. I mean, it's like, oh, no, the, yeah, but the lead up to the date was what I enjoyed more. The date it itself. Was, yeah. And, and the hook's hand thing, I saw it coming from a mile away. Oh, it wasn't yeah. really cursed. Oh, yeah. Like, that was just so obvious. But I liked it. I am interested in uh, Will Scarlet's story. And breaking into the library, yeah. having all the Wonderland, and he's got yeah. the red queen page, which makes what? me think they're gonna answer what I was worried about because he had his happy ending with the red queen, and I was a little annoyed they were bringing him over without her. And I'm like, they better explain that, and it looks like they're going yeah. to. So, so okay, so these are the things that I really liked about The Apprentice. I love. Mm-hmm. Okay, as I said in my review, Fantasia is probably oh, my top. Fantasia. Four or five Disney movies totally. ever, um, mm-hmm. to the totally. point where the, when it came out the last time on IMAX, you know, and they changed it up. Um, yeah. We went the opening day. I dragged my husband to see it because <laughs> it's like, well, we're going to listen to this incredible music and in IMAX, and it's going to be, and it's like the Sorcerer's Apprentice and the Pastoral and the it's Bacchanal. Awesome. And like, oh, you know. So I, I love. I wish they would do more of Fantasia. Um, mm-hmm. And Sorcerer's Apprentice, of course, is iconic. I mean, everybody oh, knows that's Fantasia. Um, and that has always been, like, my Halloween song. It's like it goes through my head every Halloween um, because that's such a great piece of music. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I love the broom. <laughs> like, I love the broom. I love the, the broom. The broom was so cute. You know, I know that I don't love the, you know that I don't love the Disney stuff that they they get heavy handed with the Disney stuff. Yeah. You know it that I think perfect. that. It was such it was a great fun light touch. And yeah. okay, you're going to be shocked. And as odd as it was for Henry to be in in Rumpel's shop at the end, for me, there was like this aha moment 
where you've got Henry with the broom, and I'm like, Rumpel yeah. is the sorcerer, right? Rumpel is the sorcerer, and right, here's the right. sorcerer's apprentice. And, and, you know, and, and I wrote in my review, too, it's like, okay, so when are we going to get the scene where Henry realizes the broom is magic and yeah. he throws the entire shop into chaos? That's going to be epic. Oh, my God. I know. So it's I, like, that's on my once upon a time wish list. That would be on my once upon a time wish list. Um, totally. If you're listening, guys. Um, so... I really love that. Like you, Jimmy, I just love Will. I, personally, the few scenes they've had together, I kind of sort of like Will Scarlet with Emma better than I like Hook. I'm never, I'm never going to hook. Yeah, he's already got his, he's already got his perfect love, though. I mean, it would really negate that whole Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, which I know, which you know nobody what? watched. But I watched it, and if he ended up with someone other than the Red Queen, that would just ruin that. But that you know was, what? Yeah, no, they can't do that. But but you know what? Will Will Scarlet and the way that Michael Saka plays him is just fabulous. Oh yeah, absolutely. he oh, is. He is terrific. the cheeky. He's like the cheeky, dynamic character that I always mm-hmm. imagined Hook should be. And like, okay, I know That's you. Me. Your whole okay. thing with Hook. But your whole thing with Hook is just that it was, and I agree with you to a certain extent, that, that they redeemed him so quickly. They rehabilitated yeah. the character so quickly. And, and you know, it would have been good, you know, because they, they wanted, they knew that there's a huge Captain Swan fan base. And I yeah, thought, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I, I liked the, the date. I thought it was very cute. I mean, the one, It was and, adorable. The one it, thing, it was cute. It was very 1950s. Um, yeah, it was. 1950s. And and, she and, like she, and, and it was totally say, Hook was totally the Fonz. Yeah, totally, totally. It was cute. I love. I just it just that just it just dawned on me. Outfit. And that just dawned on me. It was very. It was fifty. Right. It was nineteen fifty TV. Right. It was. And and it Hook was. with the leather jacket and the hair. He was yep. the Fonz. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, and her dress, her dress is very 50s style, and her hair, yeah. even her hair was very 50s yeah, yeah, style. Yeah, 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 with the ponytail. And, oh, yeah. And, so, and, and having well, and it was Lady in the Trap, too. Clothes. Okay, so yeah, that is... Yeah, a little Lady in the Trap. And I love, yeah. I love Lady, I love Lady in the Tramp, and I was, I my my dog when I was growing up was a Cocker Spaniel. And Aww. so I have been a fifty for Cocker Spaniels. And I love Lady in the Tramp. I think it was really well done. I love the movie. Yeah. Um, I thought that that was just a little bit too much Disney-yamia. <laughs> oh, too much, clearly too he's much. a lady, and he's a tramp, and then there was yeah, that well, bottle candle thing. So it was a little, it was a little oh, too yeah. much. Just a little too much Disney for me. Um, wow. But well, the other thing that was crazy was when the Charmings were, like, just waiting up for her. How was your date? Tell me all about it. I, know. I just love that. And then okay. David takes forever. It was cute. Anyway, I just I don't I don't I don't buy into that as much. But what I did like also um, <laughs> is I okay so the Snow Queen. If they had done the Snow Queen story and tamped down on the Frozen stuff, 
it would have been really yeah. Yeah. Why was that with yeah. the Queen this week? It was such a brief glimpse, and it didn't. I don't know. I didn't like it. Yeah. Well, I don't understand what they're doing with that. Yeah, I don't know why she. I, I am. I am still curious though about what yeah. her. But the way she just after. like teased Emma and then disappeared. I was like, what was the point? Yeah. Why is she being so coy? Right. I don't know. That's a good question. So, um. What I said, actually, in a comment, I said, um, you know, I like the Sorcerer's Apprentice angle. Would have liked to prefer to see that over the Frozen stuff, playing that out. And if it was that and the Snow Queen. And Snow Queen and the Sorcerer's Apprentice are beloved. They have been around long enough to be beloved stories, Mm -hmm. unlike Frozen. To me, as I said, the Frozen thing is too much of a cashing in. Um, for the I, I think the fact that they're doing it is too much of a cashing in, but I'm enjoying yeah. the story itself. Yeah, I'm not a frozen person, but you know, whatever. Um, so it's not that I, you know, it's not that I just like the episode as I didn't hate the episode, and I think I was pretty clear about that in my review of the episode because um, I I was positive um, in a lot of ways. I just feel that my the character that I'm in the most invested in has turned out to be something other than he's been since the beginning. And this is, all right, I was thinking about this today. So he was this, right, he's this dark, he's the dark one. In the pilot, he's in prison. He's this really despicable, gnomish person, sorcerer in prison, and maybe he was. And, I, and what, what Adam and Eddie said about Rumpel being exactly the way that they had always envisioned him to be, maybe the Rumpel that they envisioned got away from them. Well, that's Do you understand what I mean? Is that they had always intended him to be the ultimate villain of the show. Um, but the way that Carlisle plays him or had played him from the beginning, there was a pathos, there was a gravitas to it, there was um, more to that character. And um, and he kind of got away from them. He became a lot more popular than they might have anticipated or intended. <clears throat> And now they want to go back to their original vision. Yeah. What do you What do you but, guys you know, think the of problem, that theory? No, I mean the problem is is that we all fell in love with the character because of uh, of the fact that he he was like I said he's been struggling he's you know that's his whole thing. But and maybe that was that was that maybe that well, was an act. said they could have they could have worked him back to that that character. Yeah. But they didn't. They just dropped him back. So that's yes, why they it did. doesn't work. Yes. Exactly. There was. There's no progression. There's no downfall. It just is. And it's kind of like the opposite of Hook. Was he just is a good guy? All of a sudden, yeah. There's been no journey for him. Or if there has been, it's been sort of smat, you know, smatterings here and smatter. There's been no struggle. We haven't seen him. <laughs> he doesn't deserve redemption yet. For what we've seen at least not to the degree he's been redeemed. Right, and I agree with that. I mean, so, and now it's going to go all 
going to go all for crap anyway because of the fact that, you know, now he's, he's unless, you know, he's going to have to figure a way out of this whole thing with Rumpel. I mean, you know, it's just, I, I don't know. See, to me now, that's, it, and to me now, that's the most though. interesting thing in the show. And, and it's sad. Yeah. To me, it's like not yeah. interesting. I, I, you but know, I, I'm, Curious as to where the character is going, but I don't. I don't think that this is true to either one of the characters. Right. I want to know, like, why aren't they writing for Snow and Charming? For God's sake, that I mean, and they I suck as characters, and they should not <laughs> not be featured. I'm telling you, I I just I mean, they when the when the pilot episode ran. <clears throat> It was exhilarating, you know, seeing him coming in on the white horse, trying to see Snow White. I mean, they were a major part of the show, and now they're relegated to sitting. Yes, it was cute, but, I mean, they're sitting on the couch waiting for Emma to get home on her date. And I've said it again, and I'll say it again. David needs layers. They need to They don't know what to do with them. They don't know what to do with them. It's like they could do. They, there's, I mean, there's probably a bazillion different ways. Listen, Jane Espenson is a brilliant writer. Has written for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, all these. She's shows. great. No, she's a great writer. She could come up with something. I'm yeah. sure. So it's very I'm frustrating almost, on that aspect too. You know, I'm almost wondering if the show would have. You know, it's it's edging that way, even though they're keeping the core cast. Is if it wouldn't do better if it had been premiering now, say instead of four years ago, um, right. if it wouldn't have done better off from a narrative point of view as an anthology series where the cast changes. Yeah, that yeah. would have been good. Or just you know when you get done with Rumpel's story, rotate him out, like delegate him. It doesn't have to be a new cast every season, right. but have some type of rotating people His coming story, in and out. His story beautifully resolved mid season last year. Right. So and this is coming and this is coming from a huge fan of that character and the actor. Um, his story was really had incredible closure. And if you want to make him a tragic character, the closure at the end of season four, season three rather, um, would have given him a, a perfect tragic ending. Yeah. So and I think um, I think we all could have lived with it. I mean, as much as I absolutely yeah. adore yeah. character, we all would have lived with it, and it would have been it was just a beautiful, beautiful you know story. And I then mean, bring him was. back. Then bring him back as Rumpelstiltskin in the Enchanted Forest. Yeah, you know. But I mean, what they're doing now is just completely just you know they're they're desecrating the entire character. It, I mean, a complete 180 versus, like you said, you know, maybe you've seen some hints gradually coming, going down, but it's very blatant, very in your face, very, you know, I mean, like I said, the only thing I could think of is why he wants all this power is maybe somehow to see if he can bring back Neil. I don't know. It's just, other than that, I just can't imagine an, another reason for him doing it. Unless you're right, Jimmy. I mean, yeah, the whole storybook ending, maybe maybe because they got the storybook ending, then it turns evil. I mean, that's a right. possibility. True. Oh, know. so so before we end, we only have four and a half minutes left. Um, we have not talked at all about the evil queen, and the only reason why we haven't talked about her 
is she's been she's barely in it. <laughs> she's barely been in it, and um, that's mm-hmm. terrible. I mean, what they give her is awesome. They just don't yes. give her that much. And she does have yeah. layers, and she's the one character in the that's show this page. season that's actually mm-hmm. she's true to character. Yeah, she was kind of like a heartbroken, sniveling thing the first episode or two, but she's come out of that. And I love this Operation Mongoose thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cute. It's I really like it, gives, it. Well, it, it, it uses Henry well, and Henry is yes. often not used well. And yes. it gives yeah. Regina a, a purpose and a yes. way to drive her character forward. And I know it's they said it's not going to end in the fall run. It's going to go into the spring. But I'm yeah. really interested in the story. Yeah, yeah and definitely. I love the idea of the of the um, storybook um, needing a new yeah. ending. Bring that's that a great, back. And, and it's far it more all. interesting. Yeah. Far more interesting than Frozen. I agree. <laughs> I, agree. I love this. I love the I like idea. the Frozen stuff, but let's wipe out Rumble I... and give that stuff to that screen down to Regina. Wait, let's wipe out wipe out who? Wipe out the Rumble stuff this season and give that screen oh, down to Regina. Oh God. Okay. Well, how about let's just wipe out the gold stuff. Keep Rumble. Well, yeah, the, the flashback stuff is fine. Yeah. The stuff that's I don't like where gold. I don't like. I don't like the way gold is being written this year at all. Right, right. That's right? true. Rumble's that's true. okay. The, 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 what we got to see of Rumble this week was great. What we saw of gold stuff. Yes, yes. Right, exactly. That's You're true. Right. And, I, you know, actually, I've been kind of conflating the two together. And that's actually I right. I tend to do that with all the characters. Yeah, I, and yeah, I actually I liked do. him. I liked that sneakiness in the Rumble. Mm-hmm. I did. I loved that. Um, and, you know, and, and to tell you how much gold really overshadowed how awesome Rumple Silkin was in the long-ago story, um, that tells you how bummed out I was about gold's character. You know, maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe that's something they should, I mean, I can't tell them what to do. It's not my story. It's theirs. I have my own novel to worry about. Thank you very much. So, two of them in the um, so, yeah. So this has been a fun discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping people out there are listening. I have this this article that I wrote, this last review, um, and maybe, you know, and I, like, I'm not, not writing episode reviews anymore, but I, you know, this just occurred to me about the difference between Rumpel and Gold, and now that's kind of in my head, and maybe I'll do something on that, but, um... I did want to do pieces on all the characters in any event before I, uh, you know, and this kind of frees me up to do that because there is a lot of richness in the characters that have been built up to the season, if not this season. So um, anyway, so that's kind of what's ahead. Um, and uh, to Friday, I am interviewing, um, I am interviewing, um, Oh my gosh, um, Brad Meltzer of <laughs> I'm interviewing Brad Meltzer of uh, History Channel's new series Lost History, um, oh, and what cool. I totally love. It's going to be a really cool show, I think. Um, and um, what I love about History Channel is, and they're wrapped by the Lippin Group in Los Angeles. They called me today, and they said, "Confirm you're coming." 
Um, I'm going to send you all the info and have two or three questions prepared or however many you want for the interview. It's like they were just, like, so nice. It's one of the one of the better. Cool. Uh, that's how they were with Vikings, too. Anyway, we are, like, totally out of time. So I want to thank you guys for a great show. Sure. And uh, back next week, same time, same bat channel. Yep. Mm-hmm. We'll be here. All right. All right. See you guys then. (laughs) Bye, everyone. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.